0: Welcome to the Granary Church Podcast. We're happy you could join us. For more information on the Granary Church, head to granary.org.au or follow our socials at the Granary Church. Lord, we thank you that the greatest single call on our lives is to bring glory to you, that we would be a people who glorify your name over and above every other thing that we could do. And so Lord, we, we look to you, words fail us, Lord, to tell us how much we rejoice in you, how much we love you, how much we believe that you are above and beyond anything that we could possibly ask or imagine, and that our lives are for you and for your purposes and for your glory. And so Lord, we look to you that you, as you are here with us tonight, Lord, you would expand yourself in our hearts and in our understanding. We could take hold of who you are with greater understanding and that who you are in us will bring you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated, everybody. Thank you, fantastic musicians. We love you. It was just just such... A real privilege to be in a church that knows how to worship, right? Thanks, guys. It's my pleasure to be able to talk about God's kingdom coming and his will being done. And um, this prayer is addressed to our Father, and verse 10 speaks to us about the fact that our, beyond our everyday limitations, there is a better way to live. And um, I've just (laughs) committed myself to a few years of study and um, I'm sort of not drowning yet, but I've just got my nose above the water. I've only been going for a couple of months. But one thing that has really struck me is that the word theology really actually means getting to know God. That's what it means, which is what all of us are called to. And something that I read today was saying that... um, that as we get to know God, we've got this contemplative thing that happens on the inside and we begin to think through who he is and just what he is and how he works with us. And the more we get a hold of that and the more deeply we get to understand that and let's let's be real, like we understand it that much in comparison to you know, the size of the world. You know, we could we could study for the rest of our lives and only know a minuscule amount about God. But the more we contemplate who he is and grasp that and get to understand that, the more we're called to action to go and do something about what we've understood that God is saying. And the more we get into action, the more it draws us back to God again to think through who he is and how to go on from here. And so with me speaking about your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, um, I'm just getting that from going to the Lord at this period of time and saying, can you just talk to me about that, Lord? But, you know, the little tiny bit that I'm going to talk about tonight is nothing in comparison to how the Lord could enlarge on that and explain that to any of us who want to know. And he He you know he won't begin where uh, with the little bit that he's told me but he'll begin with something else with you and something else with you because the lord is so huge that we can't possibly hold him down to our tiny little understanding that all the books that are written in all the world can never talk about the vastness of who God is and what he thinks about any particular thing. And so we who are in the church and we who believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God and loves us and gave his life for us and we who have determined to follow him for the rest of our life can still only know this much. And there is so much more to know. And so I want to begin really by making that clear that what I'm saying tonight is just a fragment of who God is, even in just that one particular line that that we're focusing on at the moment. So it's just the Lord's Prayer isn't something we can learn off by heart and just say, and then we'll all live happily ever after, because if that was the case we'd all be living happily ever after because an awful lot of people have set it off by heart over the years right but we we can use that as a series of headings to dialogue with God over the things that matter to us and so because we're a chosen people a holy nation you know a people who can be instrumental to bring the kingdom of God when we look at this particular scripture it helps us understand because we want we want things to happen his way, but we don't always realize the degree he can use us to do that, to to usher in the kingdom, to nurture the kingdom, to help the kingdom develop in our area. And so, you know. He said to his disciples, which is us, he said to his followers that because he has authority, we have authority. So what does that mean about our role in bringing his kingdom to come here on earth in my little tiny part of the world as it is in heaven? When the scriptures were translated from the original languages, they didn't have grammar. They didn't have paragraphs. They didn't have, you know, it's just it's a stream of words. And so the interpreters and the translators had to kind of put, had to um, translate as best as they understood. And so that was, you know, that's what any of us do. We we do the best we can under the circumstances. But nowadays, um, if you look at the Amplified Bible or some of the newer translations, what we read from this scripture I'm about to give you brings to us an understanding of how we can get involved in the kingdom of God coming here on earth. So Matthew chapter 16 verse 19 in the Amplified says, I will give you the keys, authority of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind, forbid, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth will have already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, permit, declare lawful on earth will have already been loosed in heaven and the aramaic bible in plain english basically says it in the same way to you i shall give you the keys of the kingdom everything that you will bind in the earth will have been bound in heaven and anything that you will release in the earth will have been released in heaven now there are other versions now particularly the more modern ones who tend to slant that way um, in the in the wording, but you know this scripture we generally know it is whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, and I think that any of us who've tried that will find that it doesn't really work, and that's a good thing because anybody with a grudge or their own personal Agenda would be reorganizing the world, would be reorganizing our part of the world, right? So it doesn't work to go off willy nilly binding and loosing, right? There are a lot of Christians out there that are dangerous enough already without having that kind of power. So, to our relief, the detailed translations are more clear. So, to understand how to use the keys or the authority of the kingdom of heaven for your kingdom come Lord, your will be done Lord, mean we need an understanding of what is happening in heaven. And that's not as difficult as it sounds. However, it does require revelation, not head knowledge. And revelation is when understanding makes the world's longest and shortest journey from our head to our heart. Because it's the longest journey um, for the reason that you know, you can have known about the Lord and be hearing about God giving us His power all your life without actually getting it. And that's a long journey. Or it can be the shortest because when revelation comes, it will change your entire paradigm for living in that particular arena. So we don't realise how much we need God's revelation to understand our world. And that's because other people's opinions, our education, our experience, the state of the nation, the state of the economy, which government is in power, legalism, tradition, all crowd in to inform our decisions and our opinions so much more than relying on God to shine His light into the surrounding darkness in this particular area, which is troubling me, and give me revelation of his will so that I can speak into that situation. And God does want to give revelation, not just about himself, but about our world, our situations, our jobs, our churches, our children, finances, politics, neighbourhoods, businesses. His light can shine in the darkness to show us things we wouldn't know unless he told us. But our default is to what our culture, even our Christian culture, and our experience and everything that we've learned up to now has told us. We often default to that rather than saying to God, hey, Lord, what do you reckon about this? Which is actually a really good prayer to say. So his kingdom, when his kingdom comes... In us, in a supernatural way, it could be in the form of um, supernatural gifts, like, for example, word of knowledge, which is a scrap of information that God knows that he shares with us. Or a word of wisdom, which is what to do with that bit of knowledge. Or discerning of spirits, which is a supernatural awareness of what's going on behind the thing that we're actually looking at. So just let me ask this, how many of us rely on a word of knowledge in our workplace? Or in our family? What if instead of giving way to fear or annoyance or blaming or assuming, we prayed for God's kingdom to come in that area of our workplace? Someone's late home from work. Somebody, you know, my husband's late, late. he's not home yet. Do I default to fear? What if something's happened? What if there's an accident? Or do I default to saying, Lord, is it okay? Do I need to worry? You know, tell me, Lord, are they safe? Where's my passport? Lord, I need a word of knowledge. I mean, that happened to me, and it's a great story, but I probably don't have time for it. But it's, you know, Lord, where is the passport? You never would guess where that passport was. But even when we use them, the gifts of the Spirit just scratch the surface of the revelation that God wants to give us. So, inherent in this scripture here is the clear impl- implication that I need to know what's happening in heaven in my context so I can speak it into earth and we infer from that particular verse which is repeated twice it's um, Matthew 1618 and Matthew sorry Matthew 1619 Matthew 1818 18, it makes it clear to us that that it's possible to know what's happening in heaven because this is whatever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. We, we have this understanding that it's possible to know what's happening in heaven. And so God's always doing new things. So what he, what was happening in heaven yesterday or 10 years ago is not the same as what maybe I hear from God today. So the Bible says that Elijah was a human being just like us. And he heard from God when to tell the rain to stop. He heard from God when to say no more rain on the earth. And then he had to wait like everybody else did. And he was in a drought like everybody else was. And things were just as difficult for him as they were for everybody else. And then sometime, three and a half years later, he suddenly heard God to say, okay, now you can tell it to rain again. And so what was happening in heaven yesterday for him was it's not going to rain and it's still not going to rain and it's still not going to rain. And then all of a sudden today came and the Lord says, okay, go for it. You can can say that you can call for rain again now. So things change even in heaven so it's important for us to understand what is happening in heaven one of the reasons that people are leaving churches is because the people of god seem to be driven by the same fears and the same opinions and even the same unbelief as everyone else without even without understanding that heaven has a different context than what we're looking at right now. So, back again to Elijah. It, he had to suffer through the drought, just because he'd heard from God to call it didn't mean he didn't have to suffer it. So, and so that thing for us to understand that that when tough times happen, it's really vital for us as a people not to succumb to the fears and the panic and the conspiracy theories and the blaming and accusing that the people around us do because they don't know God and they also can have no idea what is happening in heaven. But if we can know it, and we can partner with God to speak it into being, Lord, your kingdom come in this place I work, in my business, in my family, in the issues that are surrounding me, your will be done in that. Because our identity in Christ is that we are a supernatural people who can seek him, who can seek him, not who will, but who can seek him, to find out a way through so that we can pray. Now don't get me wrong, that's not just the same as standing in front of a mirror and saying, you are gorgeous, you are wonderful, you are a winner, you're going to succeed, everything. No, not that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about going to the Lord to speak to him about the issues that we're up against and asking him how to pray. So, Consulting with God over what needs to be identified about what we're up against and then addressing it using his authority. So this is the way that I find really works. Start by thinking about what, not, what is not in heaven. Start by thinking about what is not in heaven. So there's no pornography in heaven. There's no lying or cheating in heaven. There's no lack in heaven, There's no self-pity and there's no bitterness and there's no elbowing people out of the way to get the promotion in heaven. Do I comprehend that to the degree that it is revelation to me? Because if I don't, I'll have sleepless nights worrying about where the money is going to come from for the project that he called me to. If I understand that there is no lack in heaven over my project, I can bind lack because it's already been bound in heaven and I can loose supply because it's already been loosed in heaven in the context over which I am wrestling. I can reinforce it on earth if I know that it's happening in heaven and then I can go to sleep. And the thing about it is that God doesn't call us to make things happen that aren't part of his kingdom and his will. And that's the difference between revelation and resignation. And, you know, sometimes Christians just accept the stuff that's happening and we just resign to it and we're just like, oh, well, that's just the way it is. But if we have revelation that's God, for example, is going to supply our needs, you know, we, sometimes we think that um, it's pride to think that we can live our life by revelation. But, on the contrary, it's 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 you know pride to think that we can live for God and do what God wants without revelation. And so, what it comes down to is a listening. It's about the presence of God. It's about finding ways to be not so crazy busy that we can't stop to ask Him. And full disclosure you know, this is one of my big issues. Like I often find myself on a treadmill and crazy busy and then I have to stop and just be like, Lord, is this your kingdom? Just because it's good and it's good works doesn't mean to say that it's the kingdom of God. And so it's, about our mission to take our part in nurturing the kingdom to a world that's groaning and travailing, desperately waiting for the revealing of the children of God. Daniel chapter 11 and verse 32 um, speaks about the fact that everything's pretty terrible, but the people who know their God will be strong and will carry out great exploits. The people who know their God, that's just not like... I know him and I go to church and I generally read my Bible and all that. Knowing is about intimacy. It's about the people who can stop and be intimate with God in their hearts and really seek God for the issues that are a problem. Those people will know their God. They'll be strong and they won't be afraid. They'll carry out great exploits. And we can't do that by our own personal might or power. We have to deliberately seek revelation by the Spirit of God to not only show us a way forward but empower us to go forward as well. And this is the thing. Revelation differentiates between faith-based and faith-filled because there's a lot of faith-based organisations out there that aren't filled with faith, and, and I think it's a travesty for us because we start one way and then we lose it. So we learn as we watch people of faith, as we observe them, as we watch what they do and how they do it faith and intimacy with God and talking things through knows the character of God to such a degree that it doesn't take no for an answer if it's not God saying no. And many times we're hearing from God, we want to go forward and everything around us says no, but if we know that God told us to go forward and this is a kingdom thing, even if it's your business, even if it's your family, you know, I'm not speaking about, I'm not speaking about church specifically. I'm speaking about what God has called each one of us to do. And so people are easily changed by the atmosphere they're in. Don't allow that to happen to you if the atmosphere isn't great. Change the atmosphere Make it a kingdom atmosphere by your intentional decision to seek God over that because there is a will of God for our nation. There is a will of God for your business and for your family and for your situation. And we can command that will to be so because we're standing with the Lord as we do that. But make sure you're not confusing your opinion and your culture with the will of God. Because And that's why I'm saying heaven changes. Heaven said one thing to Elijah and then didn't say anything for three and a half years and then said something different. So it's really important for us to just keep waiting from the Lord. So if your workplace is in trouble, if there's a lot of bullying and frustration and and disorganisation, ask the Lord what that workplace looks like in heaven from heaven's perspective. Because remember what you bind on earth has to be what's already bound in heaven. What you loose on earth needs to be what's already loosed in heaven. So God's got a will for your workplace. And the first thing, so bullying, frustration, disorganisation, well, there's no bullying in heaven and there's no frustration in heaven and I think that heaven's pretty organised Which will be a good thing when I get there because I am not all that organised, right? But in heaven, if in heaven, so think about the opposite of each of those words. If this is, so I'm I'm not giving you a formula because. Formulas don't work when when it's about prayer. So it's just that sometimes you can do it this way, sometimes you can do it that way, and sometimes you see a result immediately and sometimes you don't. So I'm not saying wave a magic wand and do it like this and you'll get it. But just think about that workplace that I spoke about, bullying, frustration, and disorganisation. So what would be the opposite of bullying that would be in heaven? What would be the opposite? Praise? Praise? pardon kindness unity encouragement encouragement was was the one that i thought actually but it could be any could be praise could be could be any of those so this is the point there's no right answer there's only what is the opposite of bullying and it's in heaven over your workplace so say it's praise okay so and then secondly frustration what would be the opposite of frustration how would the will of god in heaven be over your place of work that isn't that is the opposite of frustration peace patience happiness calmness, whatever it might be. So let's go. So satisfaction, like satisfied instead of frustrated, um, pleased, right. And what's the opposite of disorganisation? We all know that. Order, right. And so choose the three most all-encompassing words that would fit with the issue that you're up against. So in this case, bullying, disorganisation and frustration. So if what I bind on earth has already been bound in heaven and if what i loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven and if i'm praying your kingdom come lord and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and if he says whatever i'm giving you authority so whatever you bind and whatever you loose has already been done in heaven then there's room to say father in the name of jesus now just you're just going to work this doesn't take fasting and praying it's just like i'm driving to work and it's going to take 2 minutes Father, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over bullying. I know that as far as you see my workplace, there should be no bullying. What heaven looks like, In my workplace is praise. And so in the name of Jesus, I bind and break the power of bullying and I, I command it to be gone and I loose the power of praise over that place. Lord God, that that will, the the atmosphere will be changed. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over the frustration and the irritation and the way that People just find it so difficult to be able to be calm. And so I break the power of the frustration. I bind it. I refuse it the right to operate in my place of work. But I loose over it, Lord. That What was the thing that we said? Peace. I loose peace. I loose peace over that place in Jesus' name. And Father, I take authority in the name of Jesus over the disorganisation and I bind and break that disorganisation and I refuse it the right to operate in my place of work any longer. And I speak the power of your order, the way you see it, Lord. I release that and I loose that over this place. And so, you know, Really think about the issues that you're up against and don't think about the people that you're up against. Don't think about that woman and she's always bullying and she's always pushing people around, you know, or don't think about that guy who's so completely disorganized that he drops the files all the time and. Everything gets like, don't, we're not talking about people. It isn't about people. It's about an atmosphere in the workplace. And everywhere has an atmosphere. Every country has an atmosphere. Every family has an atmosphere. Every church, every business, everything has an atmosphere. And we walk into that atmosphere and we're either subsumed by it and we become part of it or we bring change to it. And the atmosphere can be great or not great. So, you know, we're not going to try and change Great atmospheres. But in heaven, if the will for that workplace is encouragement and calmness when things don't go right and organization, then we're going to speak that thing in there. And so we have the right to speak that out. If you had a job in a factory or a workshop and you walk in there and you find that the walls are just covered, plastered with naked pictures, pictures of naked people. And the language is really like you never heard before and the jokes are just flying that are, that, that are personally wounding to you. You know, think about this. Is there any pornography or dirty jokes happening in heaven? And the, if you're in that workplace, you have the right to bind and break by the power of the Holy Spirit because it's not in heaven over that workplace. So it doesn't have to be there. Now, it could take a while. I'm not saying it's overnight, but it also could be just take a couple of months. And I was in a situation a lot of years ago when I was young in ministry and, um, And my husband had an office and then we had a general office. And so there was about six desks in there and we all used to work in there and people used to come and go and the youth pastor and, and you know, all the different people were there. And we had this lady. She was a great lady. She really was a great lady, but tough. And so she would walk in and she had her own, she had her own stapler and she had her own ruler. And even though all the desks were, or just anybody's desk. She had her own desk, and so if she came in after other people, and somebody was sitting at her desk, she would huff and puff, and she'd pick up their stuff and she'd move it over to another desk and she'd put it there, and then she'd go and get her stapler, which they'd been using, and she'd bring it back. And anyway, the the office manager came to me one day, and she and this lady was her friend as well, but she came to me and she said, I. I don't know what to do about her because when she comes in, she said, everybody's laughing, everybody's enjoying and everybody's working hard etc and then this lady comes in and the whole atmosphere goes down and people start to leave early they they go home early or they start to meet somewhere else so they're not have to be in the office and i, I you know i just really don't know what to do about it because she's just making the atmosphere so horrible and so we talked about this which i was just beginning to kind of grapple with and trying to understand and what we decided was we wouldn't tell anybody that we were that that she was praying and i wouldn't pray she was only going to pray she was a manager of the office she was in control over that context but let me tell you if you work at Coles on the checkout and the atmosphere is bad you've still got the spiritual authority to speak into it anyway she began to take authority over the controlling and the and the basically the pride and whatever else the other thing was, she began to take authority over that um, jealousy. It was control, jealousy and fear. And she began to take – so she never mentioned this lady's name. She just took authority over that thing that was invagling itself into the atmosphere. And the first thing that happened was the lady started to come into work but everybody didn't stop laughing. Everybody didn't stop being warm together and relating and – um And and the atmosphere didn't change. The second thing that happened was she began to come in later and leave earlier. And then the third thing that happened, which was about two months later, was she came and sat down with my husband and she said, actually, I don't really want to work in this, you know, here anymore because, you know, everything's changed. It doesn't feel the same. But what? everything hadn't changed. It's just that she was not able to bring in this toxic atmosphere into that. And let me tell you that when you begin to do this, one of two things happens. Either the person changes because the atmosphere has changed or the person leaves. It's almost like a person can't stay in an atmosphere that is kingdom of God that won't you know, that won't be changed. And, the, and it was really interesting too because she didn't leave the church and she still was a good friend to all of us but she just stopped working in a place where that she was attempting to get her identity out of so that she could feel important. And so, you know, we have been incorporated into the spiritual atmosphere of whatever place we're going to, whether it's kind and encouraging or whether it's mean and controlling. And without revelation on God's supernatural role of what we're doing, the fact that he parts the waters, good godly people can feel powerless in an atmosphere that's toxic. And if we don't get a handle on that, what happens is we have nothing to give except good values to a world that's desperate for the revealing of God's people. They need more than good values. We need revelation on what's happening in heaven so that we can speak that into earth. And revelation doesn't come from intellect or education or wealth or board meetings or the celebrity preacher. When Christians offer values without supernatural, without the supernatural to undergird it, a vacuum in, is, ensues and the enemy wants to race in and fill it. And so, you know, it can take a while. You know, sometimes we lose. I, I know that. But that's not final. There are times when, like Elijah, we find ourselves sitting in a dried up river and we're so bruised and broken that if it weren't for the birds and the widows, we'd starve. That's a season, but it's not forever. Keep pushing, keep speaking the current word of God that you heard from him today into your situation because God calls us to. Operate in a way that changes the atmosphere over our context and he's not going to let us down. Even if things are tough right now, stand in faith. Speak out the word that he gave you. See corruption destroyed and his kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. And when Elijah um, heard that it was going to rain and started telling everybody, nobody else could hear it because it wasn't actually raining. It was only something in the spirit. And, and, you know, he tells Abel, okay, it's going to rain. You better get home. You need to get home in time for dinner. But he didn't go home. He climbed up a mountain and he waited up there on the mountain until it finally rained. Because changing the atmosphere where we are and bringing the kingdom into where we are requires work. It requires something. It requires hanging in there. The, the, the work isn't finished until we see this thing happening. We have to know what's happening in heaven in my context for me to be able to speak it on earth. And that's the thing that, that Elijah did. It was for his context right there. Don't rain, rain. We have to have that. It was about his little region that he lived in. Well, that region is, is the place we work or the or our, our net our connect group or or our family or or the contexts that are interesting for us our clubs that we go to etc spending time with God identifying what isn't right in the context and asking what's happening in heaven about that. It's not about getting one government into power and another one out. It's not about getting someone who isn't interested in you to go out with you. right? It's not about you winning the race and the other person losing. The only names that are mentioned in this are the names of the issues that surround us. Bitterness and brokenness and addictions and poverty, isolation, depression, confusion... And, and so for each of us to be able to understand that it's incumbent on us to go forward, it is common to be changed by the toxic atmosphere that we're in, but don't be. Change it by your own intentional decision to bring God's kingdom in there because there is a will of God for your context. It will be the opposite of what's causing you the problems If in heaven your workplace is peaceful and productive and prosperous, you can command it to be so on earth because the kingdom of God is built by people who see what needs to be changed, who sit with him to hear from him and then go and do it, getting to know God, contemplating what he's saying and then taking action. Father, in Jesus' name, we see that that's you we see, Lord God, that getting to know you is the way to be able to help other people see you. Getting to know you is how to bring your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven, to, to bring your will so that it's done here on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, that we be the people who are willing to put the sweat and the labour and the, and the determination But also that thing, Lord, about not being crazy busy, but to sit down and say, what do you think about this, Lord? I've got my opinion. I've heard what we always said we thought. But, Lord, what are you saying now? Are you saying rain or stop raining? Are you saying go for it or or hold back? Are you saying change and begin to behave in this way? And, Lord, that as we do that, that we will see your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.